0: Following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester,
1: New York. Uh, so I'll be reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 18. But we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, and we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus, for you.
0: Thank you, Kristen, and thanks, Tim, for doing the announcements. Um, By the way, don't get your um, expectations too high for Pastor Scott's famous pancakes. It's um, it's a just-add-water mix that I got at at Tops. So it didn't even come from Wegmans. I mean, so it's it's not that impressive, (laughs) Um, but it is fun. So, we are uh, talking about Thanksgiving here, and I thought we'd start with uh, a little uh, community activity, not really an activity, but I want you to help me think of some phrases that have the word thank or thanks in them. That's a pretty easy assignment, right? So, if somebody uh, on Zoom, if you want to type it into the chat, I'll, I'll read it out, and then um, uh, if you have something in the room, just go ahead and shout it out. What's a word or a phrase that has the word thank or thanks in it? Thank God. Thank, God. thank you. We'll come back to that one. Thank God, it's Friday. thank God it's Friday. Okay. Yeah. That's a yes and. Very well done. I can see <laughs> you've been in the improv scene. What do you think, Ewan? Yes? <laughs> yes. Thank, you. thank you. That's wonderful. How wonderful. I'm so glad you're here today to help us with that. You know, sometimes grown-ups miss the most obvious part, the most obvious answer. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, what else? You better be thankful. You better be thankful. Wow, that sounds really imposing. <laughs> yeah, what else? Oh, thanks a lot. Oh, thanks a lot, yes. Um, spoken with a uh, tone. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for nothing, yes. <laughs> Yes, the cynics have fully entered the room now. <laughs> Thanks for nothing is the third one on my list. <laughs> yes, you are my people. <laughs> Anything we're missing? What a, what a thankless job. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't have that one. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, it is the season, isn't it? That seems like a, a, a very well-placed segue. Thank you. I'll give you your cookie afterward. Um, we're starting today a two-week series uh, called Thankful, and, uh, you know, we are just a couple of weeks away from Thanksgiving, which seems impossible to believe, but pretty soon it'll be Thanksgiving, and, and then after that, you can play all the Christmas music um, and Christmas movies that you want. <laughs> I am, uh... <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry, I should not have, uh, I shouldn't have included that. I knew it would be too controversial. <laughs> Forget universalism. Christmas music before Thanksgiving is the real, the real problem. Anyway, I, I have actually been intrigued for quite a long time um, about what it means to give thanks to God for various things in life. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that, and then we're going to, to wrestle with it. I mean, this, this week, as you may have noticed, our, our passage encourages us to give thanks in all circumstances— and um, we are going to try to figure out what that means. And then next week, actually, the, um, uh, what is it, a preposition that changes in that, in that uh, sentence? Um, when we look at Ephesians 5, the passage encourages us to give thanks for all things, right? Do you see the difference between giving thanks in all things and for all things? So this is the beginner course, and next week is the advanced course in, in thanks, thankfulness, um, But before we get into that, I do want to take a moment to acknowledge that our Thanksgiving holiday is not a universally joyous occasion. Um, It's not cause for celebration for everybody. It can be particularly painful uh, for native people whose ancestors experienced great suffering at the hands of the European settlers from whom I am descended and many of you are as well. And so, I want to do two things right now, as we begin, uh, as we before we begin getting into what it means to be thankful people. The first is to recognize very simply that the region of the country that, um, in the state that we call New York, is is on Seneca and Haudenosaunee lands. Uh, and then, secondly, I actually want to read our passage again in a different translation. And this is the um, the First Nations version of the New Testament. Really interesting. Um, If you're familiar with the message, it kind of takes a similar approach to translation that the message does, um, meaning that it doesn't translate every word for word, but that it translates ideas and themes and concepts. Um, And uh, it does so in a way that um, is intended to speak to uh, a native sort of sensibility. Um, And you'll probably catch what I mean when when I read this. To you, um, But this, uh, Pastor Jesse actually bought this before we even came up with this idea to do this, and so she loaned it to me. I can't loan it to you, but she could if you're interested, maybe you could talk to her. Um, but uh, this, is, um, this is our passage today, which, which the First Nations Version calls the first letter from small man, Paul, to the sacred family in village of false victory which would be the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians. All right. And I'll read verses 12 through 18. So, my sacred family members, we have something to ask of you. Honor the spiritual leaders who work hard among you, for they watch over you and give you wise and firm counsel as they serve our honored chief. Treat them with great respect and love for the work they do and be at peace with each other. Now, my sacred family members, we call on you to give firm and wise counsel to those whose hands do nothing. Comfort those whose hearts are on the ground. Help the ones who are weak and be patient with everyone. Make sure no one gives back to anyone for evil for evil. Instead, seek to walk in a good way with each other and with all people. Dance for joy at all times. Never stop sending up prayers. Give thanks to the great spirit in all things for this is what he wants from you as you dance in step with creator sets free Jesus, the chosen one. Um, I found that really, really interesting and provocative in all the, all kinds of good ways. And um, so next week we'll do the same thing. We'll read our texts uh, from the New Revised Standard Version which is our usual English translation and then also from the First Nations Version. Um, so let's talk about that wonderful little phrase that we find in in this passage give thanks in all circumstances or as the First Nations Version said give thanks to the Great Spirit in all things it's kind of tucked into the middle of this long concluding passage in the first letter to the Thessalonians and this, this chapter 1 Thessalonians 5 is um, it's it's really kind of lovely. It's it's pretty apocalyptic and bossy. <laughs> um, definitely has a Paul kind of feel to it, right? If you know your um, Paul New Testament stuff, but it's also sort of oddly endearingly gentle about it. Um, even when it's being you know kind of like telling you to admonish certain people, it's it's very he's very quick to say. Be at peace with one another, and, though, and, and love each other as you do this. I um, actually really like this chapter, and I, I went back and forth, but I was going to try to read the whole chapter to you, but I decided not to. But I encourage you to go read the whole, um, you can read the whole book. It's not very long, but chapter 5 itself, um, you can definitely read, um, and it might be interesting to do that. And then, uh, another thing that I love about this is it has this little piece about God's will in it, which if you know me, you know is kind of a, um, I don't want to say pet topic of mine, but it probably is. This is one of only a handful of passages in the entire New Testament in all of the Christian scriptures that uses the phrase God's will and then gives it a specific definition, which was a very important realization for me that I had way back in my undergraduate work at Roberts Wesleyan College uh, in the 90s when a professor of of mine pointed this out to us, because, you know, and this is very true in a a small liberal arts Christian college, if some of you went to a college like that, you know exactly what I mean, but you get really caught up with the idea of God's will and finding God's will. And if you really wanted to be extra holy, God's perfect will. And then if you wanted to really get the the Christian discernment bullseye, you'd be in the perfect center of God's will. But when you look at what the New Testament actually says about God's will, it's nothing like the, you know, what major should I choose or, you know, who should I go out on a date with um, or any of those things. It's all extremely generalized and big picture stuff. So in this case, it's rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. (laughs) And I'm so glad that somebody, they didn't actually like physically take me by the shoulders and shake this out of me. But theologically, that's what happened. They shook out of me this concept of, I need to, I'm like completely frozen at all times trying to get God's perfect will for my life about every single little tiny situation, and I don't want to overstep or go off the line in any way. It was so reassuring for me to learn that God's will is actually much more generalized than that. Unfortunately, it's also much more difficult to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, to give thanks in all circumstances. Those are much more difficult things than finding the the one that God has for you, right? Which is such a completely bogus concept anyway. Um, you are the one that God wants. So that's the only one you have to worry about. Um, and then, if you follow all these kind of big picture principle things, you'll, you'll probably have a better experience with um, with all the many little tiny decisions and medium-sized decisions that you have to make. Anyway, that was one sentence in my notes that I just decided to expand slightly, so we're going to try to stop doing that. But I think it's important, though, for, 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 for us as we try to process, what does it mean to give thanks in all circumstances? This is one of the reasons why I'm very intrigued on a theological level by the concept of giving thanks to God. I'll tell you what I mean. This is the way that the logic seems to make the most sense to me. If you say, thank God it didn't rain on our cookout, then you also must assume that God causes tsunamis. Do you see what I did there? Do you see why that... I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it makes sense to me. And so... Because I firmly believe God does not cause tsunamis, I generally don't say, thank God it didn't rain on our cookout. That's another theological shift that happened for me way in the past that allows me to continue considering myself a Christian. When I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be able to if I held on to that older view. So I'm intrigued by thankfulness for that reason, but... As I get a little bit older and maybe ever so slightly wiser and definitely less black and white about everything in my world and in the world, I start to think that this theological distinction, while it is still interesting to me, maybe it isn't a distraction from the real spiritual work of thankfulness in all circumstances. And I think that the reason for that is that for me it's easy to get caught up in a theological debate and if I'm being extra honest um, to get caught up in the in the idea that I have this great privilege of being able to share spiritual insights on the rare occasions that I get them with people and to try to um, pass on that blessing because of the work that I do. And sometimes I can get more preoccupied with that aspect of things and less focused on the actual internal spiritual work that I need to do as a single individual person. So what does it mean to give thanks in all circumstances? The slight confession that I need to make to you is that I don't know for sure. (laughs) I'm working on it, and maybe you are too. But I have a few observations that have been helpful to me as I've been working on it. Maybe they'll be helpful to you, um, and then depending on what... um, how many other rabbit trails I decide to go down, we might be able to have a brief little kind of um, interaction about it as well. The first observation is that there is maybe a difference between feeling thankful and being thankful. Um, you know that verse in the Bible where Jesus tells somebody that, um, you know, that something's po- possible for them if they only believe, and, and he says to Jesus, Lord, I believe help my unbelief, right? a.k.a. my life verse. Um, I think there's a similar concept here. It's like, Lord, I'm grateful, help my ingratitude. Because there are times when I do not feel thankful at all. And that, uh, what I've learned is that that doesn't necessarily mean that I can't be thankful. Thankful. Let me give you another comparison. This is from C.S. Lewis. I'll put a a quotation on the screen um, from Mere Christianity. C.S. Lewis says, Do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you loved someone, you will presently come to love them. I love this for two reasons. One is that C.S. Lewis knows the actual definition and usage of the word presently. Presently does not mean at present. It means in the near future. So I am not presently giving a sermon. I am presently going to take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) But the second reason I love it is because it is so practical and so true. If you are having trouble feeling like you love somebody the best thing you can do, maybe the only thing you can do, is to act as if you did love that person. And it may take some time and it may work to varying degrees, more or less, with different people in different situations, but it is true that acting as if you love someone will cause you to begin to love them. And I think the same thing is true about thankfulness. If you do not feel thankful, but you begin to practice thankfulness, I'll talk in a minute about what I think that might look like. That is how your heart is actually changed. That is how the transformation in so many aspects of the spiritual life happens. You are are not going to get very far sitting and waiting for God to flick the thankful feeling switch for you. So along those same lines, here's the second observation, and this is kind of a grammar one. You know, I've probably already, if you didn't, if it's your first day today and you didn't already know that I'm a like a word nerd, this will this will help you know for sure. But the 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 way that the word Thanksgiving is constructed is very fascinating to me, and maybe a clue for us, right? So first of all, when do we say thank you? What types of occasions cause us to say thank you? You can shout something out if you want. Um, When you're given something, thank you. That's that's really where I'm driving. Um, We were, (laughs) you know, that's good. Do you want to do the rest? Um, No, how many of you went trick-or-treating last Sunday night? And like, there's two types of trick-or-treating parents, (laughs) right? The ones who are just like, um, nowhere to be found, and the ones who are like, don't forget to say trick-or-treat. Ring the doorbell, say thank you, be polite. Don't walk on the lawn. Right. <laughs> um, I used to be the first. I used to be the second kind. Um, I'm not sure if I'm not the first kind now. But you say thank you when someone gives you something when you receive a gift. And yet, what is the act of saying thank you called? It's called thanks giving. So we we say thanks for a gift, but we also Give thanks, which means that we're the one doing the giving. It's so amazing to me. Thanks is both a gift that we give and a response to gifts that we receive. And I do think that that is a bit of a clue. Because if it's one of those occasions where you don't feel thankful, but you want to be thankful, uh, a way you might trick your mind is to say, I'm going to give this person or this situation the gift of my thanks. Thanks. Don't say that out loud because it sounds extremely self-centered and arrogant. But in your heart, which is extremely self-centered and arrogant, you can say to yourself, I'm going to give the gift of my thanks to this situation. It's a sacrifice, isn't it, when you give a gift? If you give a good gift, it's a sacrifice. And the third observation is, uh, once again, something that applies to practically every area of the spiritual life as far as I've ever been able to discern, and that is to start small. Right. If you were ever in that tsunami that I was talking about a minute ago, the capacity to, to be thankful in that situation I don't have it. Maybe, maybe some of you spiritual giants do. I don't have it, even to be thankful in that situation, let alone to even try to conceive what it might mean to be thankful for that situation. But that's okay. We're not going to start with the tsunami. We're going to start with other things. We're going to start with good little things, and then maybe we can graduate after a while to some not-so-good some, some not so little things. Practicing being thankful in all circumstances, just as if you're, you know, learning to play piano, you you start with, you know, hot cross buns or jingle bells or something, not with a piano sonata by Beethoven. Right. It's so strange to me that we insist of ourselves and of others, frankly, that that they become so proficient at such difficult spiritual things with no practice. You cannot expect yourself to know how to be thankful in all circumstances until you practice being thankful in some of the little ones. Now here's, the, here's how I would say that this can work for you, possibly. If you think of a gift that you're receiving, you have to. what do you have to do to it before you can experience it and enjoy it and say thank you? You have to open it. Right? There is a a conscious decision that you make to engage with this gift. And as you go uh, about in your day-to-day life in the world, and you're trying to become more thankful in all circumstances by becoming a little thankful in some small circumstances, um, the act of opening the gift, I think, is simply noticing the world around you. All I mean to say is that you can, you can be careful and intentional to observe what's happening around you. And the, and the more things you notice, just by the percentages, the more likely one of them will be something that you find capacity to be thankful for, to have gratitude for. At one point during the pandemic, it actually would have been almost exactly a year ago, I think, we were doing a, um, a small group one of the first things that we were able to do in person um, and it was a small group in the sanctuary we were talking about noticing things in the world and and I'll never forget um, I hope Denise won't mind me saying that it was Denise um, who had seen this little squirrel popping its head up out of a pumpkin a jack-o'-lantern that was left over from Halloween and it kind of popped up and it went you know munched on the cap of the pumpkin or something And, and she said that she had found such joy in that moment. And her sharing it with the small group of people who were around her enabled the rest of us to find such joy in that moment too. And if you are saying to yourself, this guy is way out in left field, that doesn't sound remotely spiritual to me. I get it. There's no guarantee I'm not way out in left field. But I have learned to find uh, a spiritual gratitude in things in the world that are on the face of them, don't seem remotely religious. But we could unpack the squirrel for a little bit, right? We could say that God made the squirrel, and God made the pumpkins, and God gave the brains to the people who put this fun little Halloween holiday together, you know. We don't even necessarily have to say that God put that squirrel in that pumpkin on that specific day for that specific person to experience in order to find some spiritual meaning in it. All right. When you begin to notice these little gifts, you can begin to appreciate them. And if you can learn to say thank you for them, I promise you, you will begin to notice more little gifts and to appreciate them. And to say thank you for them. And to notice more gifts. And pretty soon you'll start to see. That the gifts are getting bigger. And that you might. Even. Find that you are beginning to be able. To to have a. A posture of thanksgiving. And thankfulness. Even for things that don't necessarily. Make you happy. That don't exactly light up your heart the way a squirrel and a jack-o'-lantern might or the way the smell of an infant's head might or the way a sunset might. Being thankful for small things is a way to open ourselves up to being thankful for bigger things and to the capacity to be even thankful in maybe even times of suffering. And we're going to talk a little more about that next week. But what I'd like to ask you to do in the in the week that follows before we get to that is to <clears throat> make this your spiritual practice here in this first full week of November. Who's somebody that you can thank this week? Maybe you call an old friend or a family member, say thank you for something really small. Maybe you say thank you to the barista in a way that really you mean it, rather than just as a mechanism of politeness. What's something that you can be thankful for? Something small. Maybe it doesn't even have a particular recipient. Who do you say thank you to, the, to for the squirrel? Right? I mean, if we can get to the place of thank you to God for that, that's great. But in the moment, who are you thanking? You might get some weird looks if you. <laughs> if you, you might get some weird looks if you just yelled out thank you, uh, in that moment. But I'm encouraging you to find small little things you can give thanks for, um, that maybe don't have an, uh, like a recipient of that thankfulness and to think about what that would mean for you. And in the next three minutes, while our band members come forward, I'm going to ask you to do something that I I admit, I hate when pastors do this, but I get to do it. I'm going to ask you to turn to your neighbor and share with them something that you might observe and be giving thanks for um, in the coming week or in the past week. you might It helps to reflect, too, a little bit, right? Okay, so do that, um, and then we'll close our time and sing a couple more songs, okay? Turn to your neighbor and share about something small you have given thanks for or can give thanks for this week. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.